Hey, if you have your Bible with you this morning, turn or click to Luke chapter 5, our key verse for the series that we're in. And while you're turning or clicking there, I just want to give you an encouragement and an invitation to the night of worship that we're having this Wednesday night, three days from now, Wednesday night. I want to encourage you to be back here to worship, and it's just an extended time of worship and praise and prophetic ministry. And as part, I want to, this is so exciting, as part of that service this Wednesday night, they told me this morning that 14 people are being water baptized as part of that service. Isn't that amazing? But listen, there, there's just something to those evenings where we set that time aside to say, Lord, we're going to come and we're just going to worship you and then we're just going to listen. What are you speaking to us as your people? And listen, whether or not you get an individual, specific, prophetic word over your life, I just promise you, if you'll be here Wednesday night, God will speak to you. He'll speak to you. He'll encourage you. He'll strengthen you. So would you make time in your week to come on Wednesday night and be a part of that night of worship and celebrate with all those precious people who are taking that important step of water baptism? All right, hey, let's get into God's word this morning, and we're going to finish up our series today called New Year, New You. And listen, a new year does not guarantee new results. I started seeing that people were just so excited, and I get it, to kick 2020 to the curb. But what I realized is that that's false hope that just turning the page on the calendar is not going to lead to a new or different or better life. That the only thing that will guarantee that is you making a personal, determined decision to draw nearer, grow, grow closer, and go deeper with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I'm encouraging us with how to apprehend the things that God is calling us to apprehend so that we can live the very best life that we, we can in 2021. Here's the thing, as a believer... Your, your victory, your joy, your peace, your success is not dependent on how things go. It's tied to who you know. It's tied to more of Jesus in your life. And listen, the thing is, when we say more of God, when there's an invitation, do you want more of God, we all tend to say amen. But here's the theme of, of this series. It's been that to receive the more that God has in store, and listen, he has more in store for your life, your faith, your marriage, your family, your future. There's more that God has in his heart for you. He can do more than we could ask, think, or even imagine. But there's more that he has in store. But to receive the more that he has in store almost every time, inevitably we have to be willing to step into the new that he's calling you to. To receive the more he has in store, you've got to be willing to say yes to the new that he's calling us to, and that's where the challenge lies. Are we willing to think differently? Are we willing to live differently? Are we willing to make some different decisions and build some different disciplines and make some fresher new commitments? Are we willing to let go of the old to apprehend God's new, God's more? Listen, Jesus said it this way, Luke chapter five, the key verse for this series, he says, no one puts new wine into old wineskins. The new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine, everyone say new wine, must be stored in new wineskins, say new wineskins. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. Listen, God is the giver of the new wine, but you are the keeper of your wineskins. And he's a, God is the most amazing steward in all of the world. He, he's looking to distribute more. He's looking to pour out more into your life. But he's watching and saying, are they ready to receive it and steward it? Are they ready to apprehend it? 
And I've encouraged us throughout these series with, with some things that I believe represent the wineskins of our lives. The thoughts we think, the words we speak, the company we keep, the decisions we make, the disciplines we develop, the habits we have, all those things representing wineskins that prepare us or hinder us from receiving the more that God wants to pour into your life. And just a quick recap, and then we'll, we'll dig into today's fresh word. Listen, the thoughts we think, I encouraged you a couple weeks ago about the thoughts we think, that the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test, approve what God's will is. Not just any will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Listen, you're saved by grace, but you are made new. You are transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you're going to receive the more that God has in store, you're going to have to be willing to think about what you're thinking about. And I encourage us that some of us, some of us to receive the breakthrough that God has for you this year. Again, not necessarily because of how things go, but because of who you know and, and upon who you're, whom your faith and trust is tied to. For some of us walking in that breakthrough, you are just, all you need is just a check up from the neck up. Just to start thinking about what you're thinking about. And, that, and just watch how as you begin to think differently and ask God, Lord, help me to learn to discern. Is this thought that I've been meditating on, does it align with what your heart, your word, your will is for my life? Or is it stinking thinking that I need to do what God's word says and take it captive with the word of God? Because the Bible says that we are equipped to win the battle in our minds. But you have to learn to discern. And I'm telling you, God's thoughts, the word of God says, are higher than your thoughts, his ways, higher than your ways. To be, to be transformed, to be made new, to apprehend the more that God has in store, we've got to have the renewing of our mind. I've also encouraged us about daily decisions, the power of God, the grace of God that backs up a determined decision that Joshua in the book, in, 20, in the 24th chapter said, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. God backs up quality, determined decisions. Choose from yourself whom, this day whom you will serve. But me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's the decision that's laid before you today, especially in the culture that we live in that is turning from godliness and turning from God's word. Choose this day whom you will serve and make daily decisions. Luke 16, 10 says, if you're faithful with little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. People who do extraordinary things oftentimes are the ones who do consistently what others do occasionally. Seemingly small daily decisions done consistently, done regularly, done frequently, build godly disciplines. So I've encouraged us, allow the Lord to renew your thinking. Begin to make daily decisions. Just take a step towards God. Just take a step towards what he's calling you to. Zechariah 4.10 says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. The Lord rejoices to see the work begin. You might seem like you're too far gone or you're too far lost or you've missed the boat. It's too late for you. I'm telling you today, that's a lie from the enemy. All you have to do is begin to make daily decisions towards God's destiny for your life. And just look up and watch how those daily decisions made consistently, build godly disciplines that connect you to the life that God has for you, not just this year, but forevermore, your life, your marriage, your family. All right, let's get into God's word this morning. And listen, every time I preach, I'm, I'm mindful of three things that Jesus said that he came 
to accomplish in your life. In John 10.10, Jesus said, the thief only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But he said, I have come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. And as I'm praying and I'm seeking and I'm preparing to come and to stand behind this pulpit and preach God's word to you, I'm thinking, Lord, how can I preach something that in some way somehow will connect people to more of the abundant life that Jesus came and gave his life so that the people of God could live out? Abundant life. He said, I also came to seek and save the lost. And so as I'm preaching God's word, I'm saying, Lord, how could there be hope that would be found with someone that's far from you so that maybe through this message today, whether they're in this room or listening online, whether they're listening on Sunday or on their way to work on Tuesday morning, that somehow, some way, someone that's far from God could hear the word of God and realize that there is a God who's inviting them, who's beckoning them, who's calling them back to a place of relationship with you. And lastly, the thing that I'm mindful of and I'm aware of, that I'm hopeful to partner with Jesus to accomplish through the preaching of his word is he said that the Son of Man, 1 John 3, 8, came to destroy the works of the devil. And then as I'm preaching God's word, I'm aware that there are some ways that the enemy is battling you. He's fighting you. He's, he's, he's working to hinder you. He's working to keep you in bondages or addictions. And my heart, my hope is, is that when we preach the word of God, it's connecting you to abundant life. It's seeking and saving the lost. And it's equipping you with tools from God's word to do what Jesus said he came to do. Destroy, defeat the works of the enemy. Amen. Seek and save the lost. Bring about abundant life and destroy, defeat, defeat the works of the enemy. Come on, can we pray over God's word today? Would you ask the Lord to do those three things and maybe more in your life or your heart, your situations, your circumstances, whatever it is that you're going through, the decisions that are before you as we go into this new year, would you ask God to speak to you, strengthen you, remind you, encourage you, reveal something to you today? that will draw you closer to Jesus. Come on, if you make any resolution for this new year, that ought to be your resolution. More of Jesus in my life, more of Jesus in my heart, more of Jesus in my home. Lord, that's our prayer today. That's our prayer today, God. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity. What a privilege, what an honor it is to open up your word and to share it with this church family, God, with this congregation, this body of believers. And we thank you, Lord, that your heart today through your word is not for us to just have church, God. Your heart for us today is that we would discover, apprehend, step into, begin to experience and enjoy more of the abundant life of Christ. Lord, that your heart today is to seek and save those who are lost, those who seem like they're far from you, God, today, that they would come home to you. And Lord, that you would also, Lord, show us the places where the enemy has been battling us in our mind and that today, by the word of God, by the spirit of God, we would discover and experience a new or fresh and lasting victory over the enemy's schemes in our lives. In Jesus' name, and all the God's people said, amen. Hey, speaking of victory... I have a prophetic word for you this morning, and it's this. The Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Somebody say amen. Uh, listen, I've been praying and believing for revival, and I looked up this week, and I thought, man, Patrick Holmes got a concussion, and people are praying like they've never prayed before. This whole region, I just heard, I could feel it, I could sense it in the spiritual realm over our region. People that hadn't prayed in years somehow found the grace to hit their knees and pray this week. And, hey, praise God, your prayers were answered. He's going to start tonight. So come on, go Chiefs. Let's just get that out of the way. 
and move on to more holy things. <laughs> Football is of God, I'm just telling you, it is. But listen, I want to encourage you with four things today that I believe that the enemy wants to defeat in your life. Schemes of the enemy that to experience the more God has in store, you're going to have to be willing to defeat these things in your life. These are wineskins. These are patterns that will hold you back. These are schemes of the enemy that will keep you from receiving and enjoying what God wants to do in your life of faith in this new year. Listen, to, to experience the more of God, the new of God, you are going to have to defeat four C's. The first one is comparison. Comparison. Listen, hear this today. The only person that you are called to be better than this year is the person that you were last year. Don't compare yourself to others. If your New Year's resolutions, your, your goals, whether they're the do goals or the who goals, I think you ought to have both. The things you want to do different, the things you want to do better, but more important than that, the who goals, who you want to become as a man of God, who you want to become as a, as a woman of God, and even better than that, who you want to connect to, grow closer to, draw nearer to, go deeper with the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, you ought to have some of those things, but if your motivation is to keep up with the Joneses, listen, you got to hear motivation matters. If your motivation is for the appearances of men or to please men, you will not apprehend the grace of God to that end result. But if your motivation is to say, Lord, would you help me to become the best man of God, the best husband and father, the best servant leader in my church, in my community, in my workplace, Lord, I want to be a steward of this physical body that you've given me. I want to be a steward of the relationships. I want to be a steward of the finances. I want to make the most of it for your good and for your glory. Listen, motivation matters, and that's the kind of motivation that attracts the grace of God, which is the empowerment of God. The only person you're called to be better than this year is the person that you were last year. Comparison is the thief of joy and the initiator of pride, depending on the direction that you are comparing. Listen, if you knew just how amazing your life was, your calling was, how uniquely and special and wonderful God created you, I love what, what Joyce Burkhead says often every time I, I'm with them or in their house or whatever. She always is speaking over me. Don't forget, Pastor T, you are a unique and unrepeatable miracle of God. If you knew just how unique and special you were, you would never compare yourself to anyone else, their purpose, their life ever again. But if you want to be unhappy, if you want to be unhappy, constantly compare yourself, especially to those who are further along in their faith, in their life, in their finances, in their marriage, in their family, in their career, or in their finances. Comparison is the thief of joy and the initiator of pride. And listen, never before have we been so bombarded by filtered images, photoshopped images of the lives of others. Don't fall into the trap, the pitfall of comparison. Just understand that God's invite, invitation to you is not to be like them anyways. His invitation to you is to become more like Christ. So be careful that you don't set the bar too low because maybe keeping up with the Joneses is not even God's best in, in his heart for you. He's made it possible by the spirit of God and the word of God that you would even grow into the image of Christ. So be careful about comparison. Number two, be careful about complaining. When things don't look like they're going your way, 
when the election doesn't go the way that you thought it was going to go, come on, I'm just telling you, be careful about allowing a spirit of complaint and grumbling to come into your life. Numbers 14, verse 2 and 3 says this, the people of Israel, the people of God, the children of God have been rescued in miraculous ways out from their place of bondage. It's a prophetic picture of you and I once in bondage, once in chains, held in slavery, and, and then set free completely by miraculous provision. But in verse 2 and 3 of Numbers 14, we find that it says the children of Israel are complaining against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, catch this, if we had only died in Egypt, or if we had only died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? A spirit of grumbling and complaining was what kept the people of God from entering into the more and the new that God had in store for them. They allowed themselves to lose sight and lose focus of the miracles of faith that God had already done just recently in their lives, and they began to focus more on the difficult circumstances that were right at their door. Guard your heart against the spirit of complaint. I listened, recently I was asking someone, how are you guys doing? And they said, well, we're doing all right under the circumstances. And listen, I want to encourage you today. What I said, I've already said it a couple times, it bears repeating. How 2021 goes for you does not depend on how things go, but who you know. And this person said, we're doing all right under the circumstances. And I didn't really think about it till later. And I thought, you know what, that's something I want to, not to be legalistic about it, but that's something I just want to make a quality determined decision today that I will never say ever again. Regardless of the circumstances, no, I'm not going to live under the circumstances. I'm going to live in the abundant life, the victorious life. Listen, there will be some difficult days. There will be some unfortunate circumstances. But make this decision and determination today. Whatever circumstances come to me in this new year and beyond, I will live above the circumstances. They cannot, they will not, because of Christ in me, who gives me his strength to do all things, they will not keep me down. I refuse to live under the circumstances. Don't allow a spirit of grumbling and complaining. I'm just telling you, there's, there's always someone that has a worse situation than you do and a better, better attitude about it. And I was, my, I was just thinking, you know, the Apostle Paul was living for God, yet found himself shipwrecked, in jail, in prison, snake bit, persecuted, and chased down. I mean, he went through a lot of difficult things. He could have found a rightful excuse to grumble and complain. But I, I just realized this, that he wrote five books of the Bible while he was in prison on, in, because of Jesus. He, he could have been in there saying, Lord, what are you doing? I'm trying to serve you. And I mean, I, maybe he, I'm sure he, he was human. He had to win that battle for himself. But listen, you don't get a chance. You don't get a say about everything that's going to happen in your life. But you do get a chance. You do get a say about what you will call it. And just think about it, the Apostle Paul found himself in prison, and what he decided is he said, I could grumble, I could complain, but instead, I'm just going to view it as an opportunity that the Lord's given me to catch up on some of these letters I need to write to the churches that God has established. And then at just the right time, God busted him out of there. He could, he, once you start living for Jesus, you are no longer called to live under the circumstances. Faith for impossible things is in your DNA. You get a chance to decide what you're going to call it. Unfo unexpected, unforeseen, disappointing things. That apparent failure in your life or your business or your finances, you get a chance. Are you going to call it a failure? Or are you going to rebrand it and say, that's a learning opportunity from God. Thank, thank God for the experience I have 
that will now position me for greater levels of success. That embarrassing situation? Come on, that, 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 that time where the Zoom call wasn't muted and you thought it was muted? <laughs> it's, you can allow it to saddle you with this sense of embarrassment that causes you to flee from relationships and isolate yourself, or you could say, that's a chance for me to grow in humility. And God knows I could use a little bit more of that. That weakness, that struggle that you keep just stumbling in is a vehicle, according to God's word, for his strength to show up and be magnified in your life. His grace is sufficient for you. Listen, your mistakes are a canvas for God's grace. Delay is a season of preparation. Listen, I'm just telling you, let me, I'm giving you some examples, some ideas about some things that you might not have a say about experiencing in 2021, but you have a say about what you will say about it. You have a say about what you will call it. Disappointment. You thought it was going to happen. You thought it was going to go this way. You get a chance to say, you know what? I'll trust that that's God's protection for my life and his better plan connection. Trials, troubles, tests. Come on, a test is an opportunity for a testimony. You can't even spell testimony without the test. And you can't spell message without the mess. So you get a chance. When you're going through a mess, when you're going through a test, to say, am I going to allow the enemy to, 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 to brand it as a, as a test or to keep me stuck in the test or to cause me to just mired, be mired in my mess? Or am I going to rise up above the circumstances and say, Lord, thank you for the test. You're turning it into a testimony. Lord, the mess, it's been uncomfortable. It's been unpleasant. But what I know about what, who you are and what you'll do is you'll turn the mess into a message if I'll just keep my eyes on you. Instead of complaining, maybe we could... Say, Lord, thank you, we see you working. Find yourself stuck in traffic. Instead of complaining, remember that most people in the world by percentage basis will never even have the opportunity to own a vehicle. And listen, it means you have somewhere to go. You have places to be. You have frustrations or disappointments with your spouse. Listen, think about that precious woman or that person that recently lost their spouse to cancer at an early age. The next time you stump your toe, I mean, come on, really stump the thing. I mean, the kind of thing that causes you what's in your heart to come out of your mouth, like God's word says. Remember the young person who went to Afghanistan or Iraq and lost the limbs that you are complaining about stumping on the edge of your bed. Come on, I mean, I'm just telling you, be careful, guard your heart against a spirit of complaining. The next time they mess up your order at the drive-thru window, remember that there are literally right now at that moment when you're upset that you got to circle back to go back and get the sauce that you asked for and they didn't give you or whatever, there are literally in that moment orphans in Bangladesh living on a trash heap rummaging for their dinner. The next time you look in the mirror and find a gray hair, I'm starting to see a few of those. I, recently, or actually it was a few years ago, um, Aaron, we were watching TV and the commercial came on. And I don't remember what it was advertising, but there was an older couple, an old man on the commercial. And Aaron looked up. It was a few years ago. He was younger. And he looked up and he said, Dad, someday you'll be that old if you can survive that long. And I'm surviving. I'm starting to see the gray hairs. Listen, next time you look in the mirror and find a gray hair and you have a tendency to want to grumble and complain about that fact that you're getting old, think of someone who, because of an unforeseen illness or unexpected tragedy, didn't get the chance to live out the years that you are about to experience. Just guard yourself against a grumbling, murmuring attitude towards God because of what you're walking through. Comparison is the thief of joy. 
It's the initiator of pride. Listen, sometimes be careful to whom or what you compare yourself to. Be careful that you remember, gosh, you know, this, this, is, this is unforeseen and this is challenging, but there are people who have it worse. It reminded me of a letter that I once saw that a college student wrote to her parents. Here's what she wrote. She said, dear mom and dad, it has now been three months since I left for college, and I'm sorry for my thoughtlessness and not having written before. I will bring you up to date, but before you read on, you had better sit down. Please sit down. I'm getting along pretty well now. The skull fracture and concussion I got when I jumped out of my dorm window when it caught on fire after my arrival here has pretty well healed by now. I only spent two weeks in the hospital and now I can almost see normally and only get these headaches once or twice a day. Fortunately, the fire and my jump were witnessed by an attendant at the gas station across the street from the dorm, and he was the one who called the fire department. He also was so kind to visit me in the hospital. Since I had nowhere to live while the dorms were being repaired, he was kind enough to invite me to share his apartment with him. He's a very fine man. We are in love and planning to get married. We haven't set the date yet, but it will be before my pregnancy begins to show. Now that I have brought you up to date, I want to tell you that there was no fire, I did not have a concussion, no skull fracture, was not in the hospital, I am not pregnant, I am not engaged, and actually, I don't even have a boyfriend. However, I am failing chemistry and English lit, and I was hoping this letter would help you see it in the proper perspective. <laughs> Maybe you have more to be thankful for and grateful for than you realize. There's always someone who's got it worse and is walking through it with a better attitude. I mean, guard your, again, it's a powerful spiritual principle. The people of Israel grumbled and complained and it hindered and prevented them from walking into the promises of God for their life. Number three, the word concession. Concession, don't concede. Listen, when the Lord dropped this, this is how this happened. I was praying over these notes and the Lord just dropped that word in my heart, and I thought, well, it starts with C, and all four of my points start with C, so it's, it's got a chance. And then I thought, but that's, that's going to come across political. I mean, we've just come out of that season about conceding elections and this and that. But I felt like the Lord really put that word on my spirit, in my heart, to be one of the four points to present to you today. I went to the Internet, and I Googled definition of concession, and I had an aha moment because here's what came back. From MiriamWebster.com. Come on, check it out. The act or instance of conceding as in granting something as a right, accepting something as true, or acknowledging defeat. And the Lord just began to speak to me that there's so many people who are allowing your previous circumstances to concede your future. You're allowing the way things look in this moment to cause you to concede what God's wanting to do and lead you to in this next season, this new year. And listen, I'm here to tell you today that the way that your life looks today is not the way that God wants it to look tomorrow. He is leading you out of those places, out of those problems, out of those seasons of defeat to a new and better life in Christ. Don't concede, don't grant something as a right in your life. The enemy, you might really have that challenge, but you can stand and say, that sickness, that, that, that debt, that poverty, that lack, that fear, it's a real thing, but I'm saying right now, it does not have a right to my mind, my heart, my spirit, because my heart, my mind, my spirit belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't concede that space. Don't concede that place to the enemy. Don't accept it as true, the lies of the enemy. Don't acknowledge defeat. 
Proverbs 24, 16 says, though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. You are going to have discouraging days. You are going to have days that you blow it, days where you experience disappointment or defeat. But look what God's word says. In Lamentations 3, verse 22 and 23, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Somebody say never. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Here's what he's saying. There's a daily provision, a daily portion of my mercy and my grace for yesterday's mistakes. Don't allow yesterday's mistakes or disappointments or defeat to become a season of depression or despair. Deal with it every day. I mean, when you get up, I mean, I'm telling you, you're going to have discouraging days. Don't allow it to swell into a season of depression or despair. The mercies of God are new every morning. Come on, who am I preaching to? That's good news. I'm telling you, you make a mistake yesterday, you make a mistake today, the mercies of God are inexhaustible, new every morning. And what seems impossible with man is, is possible with God. Don't concede that the way it looks today is the way it has to look tomorrow. I'm just telling you because it was the way you were raised or because it's the way you've always done it or whatever. Maybe this is the moment by the word of God that you apprehend the grace of God to make a shift, to make a change, to experience the more that God has in store for you because of the new that he's calling you to. A new mind, a new heart, a new creation. All things are passed away. You, if you are in Christ, you're a new creation. Don't concede that place or that space to the enemy. Paul said it so clearly, one of my favorite verses. He says, I have brothers, I, I have not, he's speaking to you and me, brothers and sisters, brethren, I have not apprehended. In other words, he's saying, I haven't figured it all out, but he says, but one thing I do, forgetting the things that are behind and pressing, another translation says, straining toward the call, the future, the hope, the invitations, the plans, the promises, the purposes of God. You gotta let yesterday go. You gotta cover it under the blood of Jesus, the cross of Calvary, the mercies of God for that day. Don't allow a bad day, a disappointing day, a day of defeat to become a season of depression or despair. Deal with that that day. Thank God that there's a daily mercy to cover that day's mistakes. And then the next day, come on, jump out of bed and get back to it. And say, God, thank you that today is the day that you have made. I might have blown it yesterday, but today is a new day and there's new mercies for this day in Jesus' name. Don't concede that place or that space. Lastly, last point, condemnation. If you're going to walk in the more that God has in store, you're going to have to defeat the condemnation that the enemy tries to bring to your life. There's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. That's good news. Do you know what's fascinating about that scripture that the Apostle Paul wrote? It's undisputed that he wrote the book of Romans, really, and he he wrote that scripture one chapter before the context of him writing, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you back up one chapter, just turn the page back to Romans chapter 7, and you'll find that same Apostle Paul saying this, wretched man that I am. In the context of what I desire to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, I have a tendency to do. He said, what a wretched man that I am. And then in the very next chapter, the very next page, he says, I'm more than a conqueror in Christ. Listen, which is true? Obviously both. Because there's not one lie in this book. But here's the thing. Apostle Paul recognized 
that when he was abiding in Christ, when he was surrendering his will and his flesh and, and crucifying every day, take, picking up his cross and daily following Jesus, he understood what was possible for him, but he also understood that the moment that he was failing to abide in Christ and walk by the Spirit, he could quickly get drawn into his flesh. And the same is true for you and me. That's why it's important to understand the heart, the message of the gospel. Jesus said, I did not come for those who were well. I came for people who needed a physician. I came for people who were lost in their sin. I came for people who, who knew they were going to blow it to make a way that they could have the weight and the, of that sin and that guilt and that shame, that condemnation to be lifted off of them in a way that they could never do in their own strength. Condemnation is the enemy's attempt to keep you focused on yesterday's mistakes. The conviction of the Holy Spirit is the working of God's Spirit in your life looking to draw you, to lead you, to call you out of that place of sin or error or mistakes to the new life, to the more that he has in store for you. There's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. So just stand here at feet this morning. Let's prepare to respond. I don't know which one of those four things might be resonating in your heart, that scheme of comparison that tendency to complain, that concession, just that, that, that idea that the reality of your present tense circumstances has just caused you to just say, you know what, because of what happened, because of the way things look, I don't know if I can really ever step into the new or the more of God. Maybe that condemnation, that, that lie, that, that voice of the enemy that says, you might get to heaven, but listen, because of what you did, because of what you said, because of what you thought, God really can't use you. I'm telling you, that's a lie from the enemy. Condemnation is the enemy's attempt to keep you tethered to your past. The conviction of the Holy Spirit is trying to lead you forward. And listen, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Stop allowing the enemy to keep you tied to those things. Jesus says it real clearly right here in his word. The old things are passed away, put to death, gone, buried as far as the east is from the west. Just receive what I came to do to make you a new creation in Christ, in Christ. Last scripture, and then I want to pray for you and minister to you and give you an opportunity to respond. Colossians 3, verse 1 through 3 says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, somebody say new life. Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Somebody say hidden with Christ. Hidden with Christ. And I was reminded as I was reading that scripture about our little two-year-old, he's about to turn three, our little, little guy Evan, he loves to play hide and seek. It's his favorite thing to do. I mean, I get home at the end of the day and, and he runs to me and he loves to play hide and seek. And, and here's the thing, we call it bear. He calls it bear. Dad, I wanna play bear. I wanna play bear. And the reason that he calls it bear is because whenever he goes and hides, 
I get down on all fours and I make animal noises and I crawl around looking for him in his closet or under the bed or in the, behind the shower curtain or wherever he is, you know. And listen, you've never lived until you've either been or seen a 42-year-old man in sweatpants on all four knees making animal noises chasing a two-year-old around the house. But here's the thing about the bear game, this hide-and-seek game that Evan loves to play. He's terrible at it. He's terrible at it. He hides behind a, a curtain on the wall, and I can see half of him there, you know? And, and even if he does happen to find a place where he can hide, and I really am kind of struggling to find him, all it takes is five or seven or ten seconds, and he's giving me verbal clues. He's saying, Dad, 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 he's terrible at the bear game. And here's what I, I, I realized, is that he wants to be found. He wants to be found. He doesn't want to stay hidden. He doesn't want to stay lost. The greatest joy for him is not winning the game, it's being found by his father. And I just wonder today who God is calling to become hidden in Christ. To come out of that place of hiding say, Lord, I, I want to be found. I, I'm tired of, I don't want to carry what I've been carrying from this, this last year, this old year, this old season into the new season. The more you have in store, I want to, I, I'm tired of hiding in that place. I want to be found. My greatest joy today is not to win the game, it's to be found by my heavenly Father. Listen, if that's you today, if that's you today, you're far from God, and today God's, God's speaking to you. He's calling to you. He's, he's, he's inviting you. He's beckoning you to come back to a place where you're found in Him. Maybe you once knew God or lived for God or grew up in the church, but life's happened and you found yourself far from God. What the Bible would call or refer to as a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. Listen, if that's you, or maybe you've never experienced what it feels like to become a new creation, all the old things passing away, the weight of that, that guilt and that sin and that shame and that condemnation lifted off of your shoulders in a way that you could never earn, deserve, or do in your own strength. But is the reason that God sent Jesus into this world for you, for you, for you. If that's you right now, don't delay. Lift your hand high towards heaven and say, that's me, Pastor T, today. I want to be hidden in Christ today. I no longer want to remain hidden in my sin or my guilt or my shame or that condemnation. I want to be found in Christ and hidden in Christ. Listen, if you're joining us online or remotely, maybe you're listening to it even later in the week. Maybe you're all by yourself. I think it's important for you to lift your hand high towards heaven because you're not responding to a preacher. You're not responding to people. You're responding to a heavenly father who sent Jesus for you, for you. He sent Jesus for you you might be a new creation. Come on, all the old things passing away. One more moment, just lift your hand high towards heaven, and then we're going to pray. We're going to pray together, and if you're part of this church family, you know what's coming. We pray this together every week, and we do it to show those people who are responding in this room and online that there's a church family that quickly wants to come alongside them and encourage them and strengthen them in their fresh or new faith in Jesus. And two, we do it because we realize even as we're growing in our faith, we never graduate from grace. It's a reminder that we need Jesus this new year as much as we ever have before. So come on, let's pray it together. Pray it with everything you have. Repeat after me. Father, in Jesus' name, I recognize my need for a Savior. I thank you for sending Jesus.
to pay the price that I could never pay, to make a way that I might have a new life and a fresh start. And I give you my life. I give you my trust. And because of Jesus, come on one more time, say, because of the cross of Jesus, I will never be the same. Say it with all your heart and then put your hands together and rejoice with all of heaven for the precious people that came home to Jesus today. That came home to Jesus today. Listen, if you raised your hand, if you responded, this is just an outward evidence of something that God's doing inwardly in your heart. We would love to connect with you. We have a Bible that's similar to this Fresh Start Bible that we want to put in your hands. If you're in the room today, would you just stop by the Welcome Center on your way out there on your left as you exit? If, you're, if you gave your life to Jesus and you're remote, you're joining us online, we would love to hear from you. We want to send that same Bible, those same resources to you. Would you reach out to us? Just text the word NEW LIFE to our text code 30500. If you're joining us internationally, we still want to send this to you as well, but you'll have to email us. You can email NEW LIFE at RevCity.com. Well, Lord, I just thank you. We're going to worship again, but would you allow me to pray over you and pray that word over you today? Father, I thank you for the new that you're calling us to, the more you have in store. I thank you that you did come to destroy the works of the enemy, Lord, in those places where there have been schemes of comparison or complaint or conceding ground to the enemy. Lord, we thank you that today, Lord, that you would just help us to, to just to see it by your spirit. When you reveal things, it's not to keep us in condemnation. It's to lead us out of those things into a new life, a new place, a better season. And we receive that today right where you are. Whatever it was that really spoke to your heart today, would you just make a commitment to the Lord to say, Lord, I receive it. I commit to walk it out in this week. Jesus' name, Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Can you give the Lord a clap this morning for his word? Come on, let's worship together one more time.